Hey, before we dive in, I just want to talk to you about something. You know, I recently hired an intern, which, you know, huge power trip. But I got to tell you, it was a pain in the butt to find this person. I had to talk with a couple different schools. I had to fill out a whole bunch of applications. I had to go through a ton of candidates to find someone who I thought was really great. And by the way, shout out to Kaylee Raglan, who's been absolutely crushing it for me. She's doing an unbelievable job. But, you know, it took a lot of time to find her. And what I should have done is I should have just gone to ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job sites, but they don't stop there with their powerful matching technology. ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply for your job. ZipRecruiter makes hiring efficient and effective with features like screening questions to filter candidates and an all-in-one dashboard where you can review and rate your candidates. So you got to do this. You got to go ZipRecruiter.com. And I'm, I'm going to give you a little tip because it's going to make me look good here. Go to www.ZipRecruiter.com slash Zach. That's my name, Z-A-K. Make sure you spell it correctly and check it out. If you need to hire someone, if you're looking to bring someone on board, don't waste time doing the usual recruiting nonsense. Go to ZipRecruiter.com and get the job done there. Okay, I'm done talking. I've talked way too long. Let's go. Here we go. Let's dive in. The Zach Kuhn Show. Episode 42. Here we go. Spencer Crandall and manager Jeff Cherry. This is this is a fun episode. We got both these guys on the podcast. Let's talk about country music for a second. Pretty much no one in the format has been able to make it independently without a major label or a big label behind them. Aaron Watson, I believe, was actually the first male artist to have a number one album debut on the Billboard Country album chart in 2015, completely independently. So the road of the independent country artist is a tough one to travel. But Spencer Crandall is making the journey. And let's talk about the numbers for a minute. 1.2 million monthly listeners on Spotify, over 250,000 followers on Instagram, over a million followers on TikTok. The stats are high. Basically, Spencer is pretty much hitting all the marks that a new label signing would be expected to make, and then some. I mean, in other words, he's crushing it. He's absolutely crushing it. And by the way, the music is insane. You gotta you got listen to this new record, Wilderness. Stream this album now. But look, we talk about his new music, we talk about building a fan base, and so much more. What I love about this episode is that we get the perspective of Spencer, and we get the perspective of manager jeff cherry i mean it's really fun to hear these two banter and go back and forth so that's it i've talked too long let's dive in yeah, have you guys ever done an interview like this together no this is gonna be insane this is you're the this first is you're the first to suggest it i just thought it would be a lot of fun I, I just wanted to hear you know because i was listening to some interviews with spencer and he kept mentioning his manager and i said why don't we get the manager in here and, and get his perspective a little bit yeah baby Let's see if we can it. get some, some embarrassing stories or something <laughs> uh is it jeff or jeffrey <laughs> both this i mean guy's flexible my driver's yeah, license says jeffrey fancy. yeah if you're feeling fancy hit him with jeffrey <clears throat> where's but your mom it, call you oh she doesn't really call me jeffrey and i had an ex that would sometimes I suppose my mom and my sister are the only two that really do. It's not okay, so uh, Jeff. We'll go with Jeff. Yeah, that or Iceman. You take your pick. 
I'll stick with Jeff. Spencer, <laughs> here's what I want to know. I, I want to know something, Spencer. Okay. The opening of this record, Wilderness. By the way, I, I love this record. I've probably listened to it 20 times. Thank you so I love this record. The opening of this record, Amarillo Sunrise. I want to know, how, how do you record this? Do you actually get a little portable recorder and walk <laughs> through your street and go in your car? <laughs> To, to break the to break the uh, high standard that you have placed upon me, no, we uh, I have a buddy named Evan Kaufman who's an awesome singer songwriter or songwriter, um, and he has done some of that kind of work before. And so we were looking to have this thing that sounded like I really wanted to put people places. Um, you know, starting this album off, I wanted it to feel like you were in this truck with me and my dad going fishing, and so. Evan was like, dude, I've actually done some of that stuff. Send me, Jeff and I had kind of um, made a little, um, you know, model version of it that was okay. And then Evan brought it to a whole nother level. So it turned out all right. Have you ever listened to Destroyer by Kiss? Do you know that album? Mm -mm. You got to listen to this album because the opening, um, the opening of the album is kind of similar to what you did. And then he hops in his car and Kiss is playing on the radio and then they swell into the album. Like that, kisses on the radio, like old kiss, and they swell into new kiss. But it kind of like, made me it, it made me think of that. These interludes on this album, first of all, this isn't like most country. I don't think I've ever seen a country act put these interludes on a record. It's a little more common, I guess, in the pop space, like one of your heroes, Justin Timberlake. Mm -hmm. But this has got to be a pain in the ass to pull these things together, right? Like, like there's a lot of thought that goes into all these, right? Like, how hard is it to pull these off? Well, you know, some of the most fun things in life are a pain in the ass. Like, and I think this whole album was like the most fun pain in my ass of all time. I had so much fun with it. But the reason I say pain in the ass is because there's just so many hours of finding the right snap or finding the right snare or, you know, Jeff and I were really intentional. Like, how do we make this feel as seamless as possible and feel like these tracks are dropping into each other? So the pain in the ass part comes from, you know, just being meticulous, but it was so fun that it, it really far outweighed any, um, you know, pain in the ass part of it. We had so much fun making them. And I, I got to just kind of go off and do whatever I wanted in these spaces because we kind of knew they weren't going to get playlisted. They're so random and weird and fun and new and different. And it just opened up a whole nother space for me creatively. So I had a ton of fun and I, I don't, imagine stopping doing anything like that anytime soon especially for country music it's a opportunity to stand out and do something different which is really exciting to us do you map out like where you want each one to be or do you kind of hear like oh it'd be cool to have this here or i love like your song um uh saying this kind of swells right into the next track it's all like were you kind of plotting all those out and figure out how to make them happen or do they come together naturally yeah i mean a couple of them were really intentional and um like very plotted out and calculated some of them we would do and then as we were in the studio we're like oh what if we swelled into this or cut hard here and so it, it's a balancing act you, you just just try a bunch of different stuff there's a ton of intros outros interludes that probably for good reason did not make the record because i was just trying stuff out i would write a verse i show it to jeff he's like eh, beat it like try something else or like the um one of those nights extended edition I had written to like this other thing that Jeff had on his laptop, this little track. And um, then we tried another thing that didn't work. 
and then we almost kind of went back to the original thing, but I brought it to Lalo and he like put this just massive bass on it that just like changed everything for us. And we are like, oh yeah, that has to be it. So it really is just like moving it around. It's kind of like a gem. The more you, the more you turn it, the more way the light goes through it and you just kind of keep turning it into like, oh, that's perfect. That's the way we like it. So tons of trial and error for sure. Jeff, how confident are you telling Spencer that something's trash if you don't like it or if you think it can be better? Um, I mean, I've gotten a lot more confident. I Like early on, I would feel so terrible that I knew he just was in the room for four hours writing something. And I think any creative uh, is at their peak excitement about something when they just finished it. And so they'll send it to me out of excitement but for me just to respond right away with, oh, I'm not excited. Uh, it's, it's just not the best response, even though like ultimately he wants that information. But I've kind of figured out that he, he figures it out for himself over time. So like if it's not that good, he'll, he'll lose excitement about it over the next month on his own. He's just excited in the moment because it's the most fresh thing. So we have a good, I feel like we have a good back and forth now. And there's like, there's songs on the record where I told him what I thought, but I'm also very adamant that I'm one, I'm one opinion. Like I may be involved at a higher level than a lot of people, but as a listener, I'm still just one set of ears that have musical preferences like anybody else. So he has to balance that out. Same thing when he sends songs to his mom, like he can't write a bad song when feedback's coming from Sherry. So he, he sends to a lot of people and is looking for that feedback. Um, and ultimately, like, I'm just looking for, I don't, it's hard to explain, but just that, like, there's just this infectious excitement feeling. Or, like, for me, if I, like, a lot of the outros and interludes and stuff started with some sort of beat or something off of my computer. And so if he sends me a song and my initial reaction is to go to the computer and start creating something, then I know that he's tapped into something in my head where I'm excited about what he's doing. And then it just sort of snowballs from there. So yeah, I just try to like, you can't, there's not rules. You just trust what you feel. And sometimes you're wrong and sometimes you're right. But you were actually involved in the, in some of the creative with this record, you were actually making little beats and tracks and all kinds of things. Yeah. I mean, I, I, in, especially in a city like Nashville, I don't, out myself as a musician or a producer but that was like one of my favorite hobbies in college was I got a copy of what's called Reason and would just start making drum loops and like I found it very therapeutic and relaxing and you just like by yourself at a computer in like the library I could make music without involving anyone else so that's always been a hobby of mine and it just for me it's more like trying to understand what's in Spencer's head so I create ideas until he's like, yeah, that one. And then I know we're on the same page. And then it's really easy for us to go to the studio and, and partner with someone like Lalo, who is an amazing producer, is so talented and just knows how to like take this like 20% idea and make it 100. Yeah, Lalo Guzmi is an absolute star. So, okay, so the record's out. How, how's the response been? Have people been digging it? Do people reach out to you? Do you get any industry opportunities? Anyone in the industry reaches out? What's, what's the response been? The response has been awesome. I mean, I think the most important thing for us is the fan response. Like we took a 
kind of a gamble and a risk to do something this long and this kind of different, especially for country music and a guy that, you know, I don't have songs on the radio yet. I don't have a record deal. So to kind of carve this new path, I mean, that's why we chose the name Wilderness is we feel like it's a place where no one's really called home yet. So to do that is risky because if it's been done before, then you can point to something and say, look, they did it. So we're doing it. And so now we're mitigating some risk for you we didn't have that option so um for the fans to show up in a big way and you know it went number one on itunes country charts went number four all genre which is kind of a good gauge of like how my people really showed up for me and um, went to bat for me which is huge and it deepens our relationship because now i know that they've got my back and so i i keep giving them stuff and it's this like fun cycle of like just giving to each other and um which is so fun it's it's one of the greatest joys of my life is to have these messages i'm going through people like my dad passed away last year and your song never really gone gives me hope. Or like I proposed to my girlfriend with your song, my person, or, or just like I was out and I just had a great day at the lake today and you're the soundtrack. And I just want to let you know, like, thank you for that. You know, like for me, for my stories to um, really translate and give language to what other people are living is really, really cool. So that alone is awesome. And, you know, some of the industry opportunities have been super interesting and fun and a lot of, the things that we had tried to track down for a long time kind of came to us. So it's been a good turning point. I think a lot of people in the industry are looking at us kind of going, scratching their heads, almost like, how are you doing what you're doing? You know, for us to have comparable numbers or streaming or charting or socials or, you know, whatever arbitrary thing you want to throw in there um, to some of the major label people. I think a lot of people are, are starting to notice that we're not only proving the concept, but doing it at a very high level. I would imagine, and I, I don't know what conversations you've had or what conversations you're currently having. I don't want to talk bad, badly about anyone, but I would imagine that you look at some of these artists that get signed and talent aside, we always talk about how today more than ever A&R is a numbers driven business, that that is what everybody's looking at. The reality is that your numbers blow away the average new signing of an artist at a major label. When you see this happening, it's happening constantly. Every month, someone else is getting signed. And, you, and your numbers, Spencer Crandall's numbers are higher in every format than that person. Mm-hmm. Does that kind of frustrate you? Or do you say, I'm, I'm on the course, or you say, we're going to circle? Like, how do you respond to that just internally? I guess both of you, like on it's, some level, you've got to be like, what is happening here? You say, good for them. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's an answer we never will know. So we got, we got that advice from a producer early on when we came to town. And he just, I mean, he sort of planted that seed before we even, before we even knew what that was like, but he just said, you'll wonder why, and you'll never know. So just say good for them and keep doing what you're doing. And that's really all we can control. Like that's, I mean, Spence, you can, that's been our approach is like control what you can control. Yeah. It's, it isn't more complicated than that. Like, you know, and signing a deal, I think um, when you first are, are about to move to town or move to town, you feel like that's like a finish line. And like, once you're there, that that is some sort of magical place that will change everything. The reality is I've watched 10, 20, 30 people I know get publishing record, whatever kind of deal. Um, some of them incredibly successful. Others of them, it doesn't do much for them. The, the, the thing that is constant are the winners win because of what they put in and the songs and the socials and the things that nobody could take away from them with or without a deal. And it's the things that are in their control, like Jeff said. So we spend a lot of time 
focusing on the things that we can control. Um, you know, I, I do see people signing deals, especially this time of year. And instead of scratching my head, I'm like, heck yeah, good for them. There's more than enough to go around. Like I don't have to knock down anyone else's building to build up my building. I actually think it's the opposite. We're like, by cheering everybody on and being a champion for people, people will want to help you and, and want to be in your corner and root for you. So Jeff and I are, are champions of, of a lot of people, writers, artists, industry people. And we just love the way that we're doing it right now. So in a lot of ways, there's actually an argument to like signing something at the wrong time can be a bad thing as well. And so all of that's kind of, you know, in our heads at this time and, and we're just going to move forward and, it's kind of funny, but I'm going to say it again, control, what we control, like do what we do really well and double down on it. I mean, it's funny because a good friend of mine uh, signed to a major label last year and he was putting out music into something and had a great following. And then the label basically prevented, has prevented him from putting out music for this entire year. And mm-hmm. to me, that's made no sense at all. And him and his team have been incredibly frustrated about it. Yeah. And and that's like an example of like right now you're putting out an insane amount of content. You're putting out music when you want to. Now I'm curious, there's the song, there's the line on this album that you were too country for pop and too pop for country in the, in the opening track. Um, has anyone ever said like, like shit to your face for lack of a better term, pardon my French. Like, is anyone, have you ever been in A&R meeting and someone just calls you out and says, man, this is not going to work. And, and just says some, you know, discouraging nonsense. I don't, I don't think anyone's really like straight up, you know, like bad mouth us or anything to our, to our face. But I, I mean, go to my TikTok comments, like I'll get roasted by people. And it's because there's this thing that they love, which is country music. And there's a thing, a way that they, that it was produced and written and done for a really long time. So I respect that. I am such a fan of it. I, I want to respect that and honor it as I move forward. I also just want to make stuff that I love and really, you know, I listen to in my car. And for me, just me personally, um, that is this weird Frankenstein version of country music where I take from the things that I like and, you know, it's working. So I don't feel as bad anymore, you know, like I'm proving the concept. So it's not like this thing that I'm trying to do something different and it sucks. It's I'm trying to do something different and it might take a little bit longer that way, but I'd rather die on my own sword than just be a Diet Coke version of somebody else. And when I first moved to town, I think that was a lot of what I tried to do was, okay, well, this is, you know, quote country and this is down the middle. So that must work. But what I found very quickly was by being that I'm just 10th in line, you know, at a label or at radio or even in a fan's mind, they're like, oh yeah, it's like a worse version of this. And so Jeff and I, this last year, really sat down, you know, like in the kitchen that he's in, we sat down and asked ourselves, like, what makes us different? What do we actually want to make? What's the art that we feel really passionate about? Cool. Nothing else matters. I don't care what you call it. I don't care if it's to this or not enough that. Let's make it and let's make it at a high level. And that was, I mean, that was really the heart of the record. And like what you said about the Amarillo Sunrise, the intro, like the idea was <clears throat> Spencer talks about he grew up listening. George Strait and Garth Brooks and you know Kenny Chesney and Tim McGraw and like he gets where the genre comes from and but at the same time like country music has always moved forward because of people that are willing to do something different sonically and and the way the record closes is with the radio coming back on and a super stripped down track of Spencer 
And what we were trying to say is he gets and respects where country music comes from. And hopefully someday somebody will listen to Spencer on the radio in the same way that he listens to George Strait. And it's that sort of circular thing that happens in genres and in music where like you have to take risks to move it forward. Otherwise it would always sound like 50 years ago and you're going to take heat for it. Like Garth Brooks took a ton of heat and now like people think that he is, you know, whatever the sort of the, the system or the, the template of what it should be. And so, you know, the other part that is on TikTok that I love is all the people and what he gets no praise for is that all the people are like, I never listen to country music, but I love you. And what he's also doing to those people that say you're ruining country music is he's also opening the genre to way more people that wouldn't know about it. And he's letting those people learn the art of storytelling by expanding the genre. So it comes with both, you know, and you just have to trust your gut and deal with it. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. I hope you're enjoying the episode. Some of you may know that I run an industry newsletter called The Nashville Briefing. It really takes you to the front row of everything happening in Music City and the global music industry at large. So if you're interested in subscribing, go to nashvillebriefing.com to check it out. Okay, back to the show. Spencer, when Justin Timberlake plays the CMA Awards with Chris Stapleton, was that like the greatest moment ever for you? Jeff and I talk about that almost once a week. I mean, <laughs> it is such a pivotal moment because for us, it, it really was like something that impacted our lives because we looked around, we're like, that's the coolest thing ever. But no one's even like coming close to doing something like that. Like what, how is nobody, we were almost like convinced somebody was going to just like jump on that. And we're like, that's what we actually listen to. It's authentic to us and it's not being done in the marketplace done. Like, let's just go. And I think it took us some time because we danced around like, well, how much do we want to lean into that? And then wilderness was just really taking all limiters off and just allowing myself to do whatever I wanted. We created a bunch of really, really cool Justin Timberlake meets country stuff. And, um, and we just stopped apologizing for it. So that was a, a big moment for us where we looked at that and we're like, we love this and it's not in the marketplace. I love it. Okay, let's go back for a minute. Jeff, you're a college student. You're studying pre-med. Thought you were gonna be a doctor. You graduated with a business degree. Your That's roommate. You no, no, I've just got a great research team. Your roommate, Jeff Bethke, blows up with a viral video on YouTube. And you and you start managing him. You just start helping him out, checking the emails. What 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 happens here? How do you get into management? Yeah. Um we we were leading this like we were, lived in this college house with 12 other guys we had bunk beds in this little room and he was making these youtube videos he posted it we woke up it had 800,000 views a day later it was several million and he was like my email my inbox is out of control so i remember sitting at the kitchen table in our house that night and there's like 3000 like legitimate emails, not, you know, not spam, not gap and things you're just deleting, like everything, you know, deserved to be read. And I, I sit up four or five hours that night and was writing all these things down. And he, we got up and he got up in the morning. I was like, I don't know what you call this or like what this is, but I'm pretty sure you can quit your job 
and like we can just go <laughs> go do this and so he started getting asked to you know speak at it was like a faith-based uh video so he would get invited to churches and college groups um he would get invited to these huge like conferences and um you know he got asked to make other videos for like other churches he got asked to be on cnn and the cbs morning show and the mike huckabee show and abc nightline and like all this crazy stuff so i just was like talking to people that i i had no idea what i was doing and i certainly deserve didn't deserve to be talking to any of them but we just you know you act like you do and you get off the phone right scribble a bunch of notes down and then you go find people who can help or ask questions figure it out and so yeah and we did that for like nine or ten months we traveled like crazy we were never back home for more than three days in a row um he got a book deal out of it wrote a number one new york times best-selling book and now he lives in maui and writes books and makes videos for a living so life's going well for him so okay so he gives you your start kind of in the creative management space because he's not an artist but you're yeah. kind of, ex you're testing the waters, you're sure. And, and I know you're managing a couple other acts at one point, but I'm so confused about this story. This random woman calls you on the phone and says, I've got this random family in Colorado with a kid who's a country singer and you should manage him. What, what, what is happening? Like what happens here? How do you end up connecting with Spencer? Yeah. So, I think, I mean, Spencer would have to answer this part of it, but I think he went to his mom and just said, like, I really, I really think this music thing is something I want to pursue. And his family is just an amazing, supportive family. So like a great mom, she reached out to people that she knew in her circle that she thought might be helpful. And she would book these speakers to come to their church and speak at the church. So the agent that would book those speakers she reached out to and that lady was like no that's not what i do i can't help but it it turns out that she was the mother of the youth pastor at my parents church and so she where are you had, from by the way uh south of seattle tacoma washington uh, okay. yeah um so she was in florida they were in colorado i was in washington and it just was this weird thing that like she heard about that and so she recommended my name to them. And yeah, so she called me one day and said, write down this name. And if you have any interest, like call the family. And I was getting, I was about to go on a small road trip, like two hours or whatever. And so I bought this EP off iTunes that he had made. And um, I listened, I don't know, two or three times through it. It was five songs. And I just was like, well, it, it was the perfect combination of all of my plans in life had blown up that year and I could do anything. I could go anywhere. It's like the second, the future that you have scripted, the second it disappears, it's terrifying, but it's also freeing because now anything is a viable option. And that just showed up at the right time. And I was like, well, I love music. And I kind of had some, had some weird, you know, ideas and connections through what I had done with my friend Jeff. So I, we talked on the phone a few times and just sort of like a verbal handshake, I guess, that we were going to try this thing together, whatever that would end up being. And it wasn't much. I mean, for two years, we put out a song and Spencer was figuring out Instagram, kind of. That's all we did. And then 
and then went to Nashville for the first time in 2016 in January of that year. Spencer, what did you think you needed? Did you just go, oh, I've read the Don Passman book and he says I need a manager, so let me find a manager. Like, like what, like what did you think you needed in a manager at that early stage? Where was there something you were hoping someone was going to come in and help with? And I, I wish I read a book. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't know. My whole story of my career is just trying stuff. So I was like, all right. I started to like love music. I started writing songs in my dorm. I showed it to my parents. Like this isn't terrible like I think you could actually do this and then I'd put out this project and we actually got like a good response from it I, I'm not like going to bat for those songs anymore but I do think like it was a good little start you know especially not living in Nashville and we found a cool producer out here in Colorado and I just the whole process of it was so enthralling to me I was like I gotta try this I think I'd really regret if I didn't so once I got to that point you know, I'm very like black and white and just logistical in the, like, I get to a point, I'm like, okay, well, I need this to do this. So I was like, I need music. So we made a project. I need people to listen to music. And I was like, and I think I need help. So I kind of said like music fans manager and like, let's just try some stuff. So we made music that doesn't exist anymore. We, uh, you know, I would just sit there in class, like my buddy, Matthew, the other day was like, Oh, I'm so proud of you. I remember, uh, I would just sit there in class and he's taking notes, studying his ass off. And I'm sitting there messaging people over and over. Hey, I saw you like Kane Brown on Twitter. I also do country music. Check it out. Send. Hey, I saw you like, like I would just do that for we hours. We were doing this physically. There was no, this wasn't, we weren't even thinking about algorithm. We were not tapping into like paid. This was a physical build I one by one building a fan base. All day. I would like every hashtag luke combs picture i go to stagecoach 2015 go through the pictures and message people hey i saw you went to stagecoach must mean you like country music would mean the world if you checked out my new ep and i would just do that i mean thousands of hours just like do you think that strategy still works today if you're building an absolutely. audience from scratch is that the best way to do it um yeah i mean you got to be careful not to like spam people but if you're really really respectful and you're just like hey you like this thing i see that you like this thing I think I offer a similar or, you know, like a similar product. You're actually, in my opinion, it's, it's helping that person. You're saying like, I see that you like country music. I see that you like new country music because you like Dylan Schneider or you like whoever. I am also that. So check it out. And if you don't like it, don't respond back. It's America. Do whatever you want right. to do. I think it's a great strategy. Um, even you just got to be careful that you don't get blocked from Twitter. Not that that would ever happen, but. Um. <laughs> yeah, for four years. Yeah. So, so we, we did that and all that to say, like, um, I just felt like I needed help because I was so new at it. And so I knew two heads were better than one. And so when we started talking to Jeff, I was like, I just like this guy. I like his hustle. He obviously has some sort of experience and I have negative five experience points. So it's got to help. And then. Is honestly, he older than you or. Yeah, yeah, Jeff's older than I am. So just kind of like an older brother figure a little bit. Absolutely. Our relationship takes on many hats. Like sometimes we just go grab coffee and, and I'm like, please help me in my relationship or like whatever. And sometimes it's like, you know, I kind of have to be the boss, which is like a weird thing for a brotherly relationship where I'm like, I really need this done. Or he he's the same way. Like this morning, he's like, if you don't send me this article questions in the next hour, it won't get done. So you have to do this. You know, it's that's part of that brotherly business relationship. It's really fun and interesting. 
But I really want to understand how you guys built this thing. So you're sitting in class and you're tech, you're DMing people, personally commenting, doing all this stuff. It starts to grow. That only takes you so far. And then Jeff, like, when do you come in and start really contributing something and providing ideas or brainstorming or how do you put yourself into it? Um, well, I mean, I would say on the specifically on the like social and like marketing front, like that is Spencer. He gets the internet. And so he just watches and he observes and then he's very fast to go do something about it. So in a lot of ways, like I don't get in the way because it works. So he doesn't need my help when it comes to consistently posting on Instagram. I know, you know, other managers and other, you know, labels and stuff, they've had a hard time because maybe there's people that just, that wasn't a part of, like they didn't get into music to be on the internet or to be, you know, a social media influencer or something right. or whatever. Um, but for us, it was kind of like, well, we get fast feedback on what people like. It can help tell us what we should put out instead of getting in a van for 15 hours and finding out if there's, if anyone's even going to show up in Michigan, like why not go live and ask people where they're at and, Oh, there's a hundred people in Columbus, Ohio. Let's go there. Like we just get feedback and it helps us as, as an independent artist. It allows you to get information to help you spend money much more wisely. So we don't tour places that we haven't had some indicator that there's people already there. And I think that's, you know, my like probably number one strength is strategy and like thinking through stuff like that. So um, I, I will take stuff like, okay, we've got this crazy social following. What are we doing to maximize that? What are we doing to, um, you know, like finding a way to have seamless sort of connection with our uh, like landing pages, our Facebook pixel, getting people on an SMS list doing those types of things to really bring uh, continuity so that we, whether someone finds him on TikTok or Instagram or Facebook and, you know, TikTok is such a weird thing because people don't really, I mean, they follow people after a while, but like you're basically just watching like whatever's popular on a given day. So it's a much harder thing to, to really grab someone's attention. And so if we can, we find them on TikTok, we want to get in touch with them somewhere else, whether that's texting, email, you know, whatever. So it's top of the funnel. How do you pull yeah, it into yeah. the funnel? Um, and same with like, you know, this last year we started getting some more like Spotify playlisting on the editorials, which is great. And it's this much broader network of people. Um, but if we don't have a way to capture them and like bring them further into his story and what he's doing, then it sort of is a waste. And so I, a lot of the stuff for me is, is that kind of stuff. It's trying to understand and bring language and life to what's in his head. Like he, you know, super creative, incredibly great songwriter, like musician isn't his number one thing. So like he plays guitar, writes songs, but isn't going to like produce out full tracks and so I have some skills there. So we work together well to get those ideas out. Um, you know, same thing like the, the album art, like he had the idea for these EPs that was, you know, I want these mood EPs. And I was, so I was like, I love to research. I love to find cool things like that. Um, and so I remember driving just like 
reading, I was super deep in all this like Native American, like tribal traditions. And just, I was looking for like a set of four things that we could use that would make sense as sort of like the vehicle for the EPs. And the first EP is all about identity. And so, you know, there was, I was reading all about like the, the use of a bear sort of like representing this like spiritual journey that you go on and then the direction of like finding your true North. And that's kind of like what sparked, maybe we can use the North, South, East, West, and, and maybe we can find these cool like totems that represent the theme of each album. So it's stuff like that, where like my mind just loves problem solving and those like little things that I would say, I don't know, I could put no like data backed number as to how many people know that what those things represent or not on the album, but the fact that they're there. And if someone wants to figure that out, that's super exciting to me. And I think some of our favorite artists do things like that. So yeah, I mean, it's in, in one sense, it's, I don't, I don't even know what other managers do because I don't know what a typical manager is supposed to do. I just know what we do. And like, we don't necessarily ask a ton of questions. We just make sure that we're getting stuff done and that, that it's growing and that we're hitting the goals that we set for ourselves. My favorite de description of a manager is the manager makes other people care. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> what were you going to say, Spencer? Well, Je like just to fluff Jeff's pillows even more, like he, he is the, really the Swiss army knife of people and he's such a valuable asset to, you know, Spencer Crandall music because there's so many things that I want to do and accomplish. And when I put it through the Jeff machine, like I'm a huge dreamer and I, that's my personality type. I'm a big accomplisher. What Jeff is so good at is he, you know, Enneagram, I'm a three, he's a one. So like I'm the accomplish um, goal oriented, like just dream really big and uh, achieving achievement, achievement. Jeff is great at strategy and processing like, okay, that's the dream. So to get there, step one, do this. Step two, step two, a step two, a numeral one, you know, like that's what Jeff's receipt gives me, which gives me so much peace of mind because it actually feels tangible. And like, we can get there. Sometimes it, you know, my, my goal is to play a football stadium. And when you say that, it feels, you insane. say this in the album. And uh, yeah. I mean, this is a big uh, purpose that you have here. Correct. And to do that is, is crazy. It's a 1% of 1% dream. But when Jeff and I get together, it feels possible because we can break it down or he can break it down rather and say like, cool, well, if we want to do that, then we got to do this and we got to do this and we got to do this. And it's so step-by-step. -step. And that's why I think manager isn't even a great title. Like I wish there was something else that could say like, just like, badass in chief or something like just something that is like he makes what i do or like a lot of my ideas just like 30 percent better or like 30 percent more organized or 30 percent. so it's so helpful and and i if you if anybody out there listening to this appreciates spencer crandall music or the font or the little tiny things that you uh experience you know especially at a show or a meet and greet like a lot of that is jeff and his thoughtfulness and his intentionality so i love you man I really do love the symbols on the album and I love the Northwest, the, the that whole thing and looking at the little images and how at the end they were all on the side of the album. I thought it was killer. Jeff, when you're trying to 
maybe learn something or you all have of inspiration or you're like, how would Scooter Braun do? Like, who do you look, are there a couple people that you look at or that you read their stories or a couple of sources that you look for? Um, well, yeah, I mean, I guess kind of what Spencer was saying, like one of the people, I mean, obviously Scooter Braun is super smart and, but I, the person that probably I like am most intrigued by is Phil Harvey with Coldplay. Um, like they call him like, you know, the fifth member of the band and, not that I have any desire to be on stage. Like we went through that rough patch where I played guitar for a few shows and that's not my spot. Um, but I, it's hard for me to like, like I don't, I don't, I would have no desire to work with a band or an artist where they just handed me a finished product and said, go get this out. Like if I don't have, not that I need to have input in it, but I need to like, I want to be along to see it come to life. And I want to know where it's coming from. And if I can contribute in a way where, it, you know, it's helpful, then that's exciting. And it, it just allows me to have that much more ownership of it as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's little things all along the way that just are exciting. And I mean, I, I, I think I pull from a lot of different things. Again, like we're just so unconventional in that, you know, I didn't go to Belmont. We weren't in town that long. Like, we don't have, we don't even know if what we're doing is right, quote unquote, according to like people's standards. But we like, I, we just let the fans decide. And that's kind of like, that goes back to, you know, that your question earlier about like other people getting signed, like the peace of mind comes from the fact that it'll either work for them or it won't. And I have no doubts that Spencer will get his chance. I like he already is getting his chance because people are telling him that it's working, you know, and that's, you let the fans decide, they listen to what they want to listen to. They're the ones that are breaking down the barriers of genres. And they're the ones that are, you know, allowing TikTok to be a great discovery platform. So you just have to be willing to adapt and like receive that feedback. And then like Spencer says, you know, we just, he's like, I'm just going to take the most at bats. If I, if I get a hundred chances, one of them will work and that's all I need. So that was the idea with TikTok even last year is like, he came over to my house one day, probably like in September and said, I think I'm just going to start posting like two to three times a day. And he did that. And it wasn't because he knows some massive secret other than he posted a ton so he could learn faster than everybody else what worked and, and what kinds of content people wanted. And then he was just super consistent to keep creating that stuff. Absolutely. Are we already working on the next album? I'd imagine that this record's out and you're already figuring out what's next, right? I've been up since 4 a.m. Uh, I feel very haunted at this point by the creative process. Like, I'll, I'll be sleeping. And then I just get this, like, thought of, like, what about this chord progression or like that hook, you messed it up. You got to flip it or like whatever. And so then I just wake up and I start going for walks or I go for drives and I listen to the songs that we have. And I'm like, okay, what do we need? And I feel like there's this big whiteboard in my head and I'm like moving stuff around. And then I present that whiteboard to Jeff and he's like, Oh my God, this is chaos. And he helps me move stuff around and then he throws ideas on there. And so we've been talking about a ton of stuff. I think wilderness, um, Jeff can speak to this too. I think wilderness was so inspiring for us because we had so much fun making it and it was so freeing. Like we, we got to do whatever we wanted. So now, you know, there's, there's no pressure of like, 
working or not working. We just get to go make whatever we want and have fun with it. And so in that regard, like we just want to keep pumping these out because they're so fun. So we want to be really intentional about making like an incredible product. Um, and I want whatever we do next to be even better. I want people to be like, wow, wilderness was cool, but wait for, you know, and we're really pumped about that. I think we have a lot of great ideas and we feel really inspired. Do you think yeah, the, because, oh yeah. No, I was just gonna say, I mean, the <clears throat> it was sort of like, I feel like wilderness just taught us or like opened our eyes that, that we didn't have to make music or make an album based on just deciding what the five to 10 best songs that he wrote in the year were. And it was like a lot more intentionality that like, we need, we need a love song that's like this and it's coming out of this outro and it just allowed us to get way more intentional with creativity and and in a lot of ways like there's already a ton of stuff that I would do differently so it's like now that we kind of like used wilderness to figure out that process the next project is like just wait because we learned a bunch but now we actually get to like have a project where we already know that stuff from the beginning. And I'm sure that's how it will always be. We'll always feel like we learned something that we would do differently again, but yeah, it's super exciting. The Pinterest boards are alive and well gathering inspiration and, you know, and that's, that's the fun part is like he was over last week and we were just sort of throwing out, talking back and forth. And like, I said something, and he we kind of like oh yeah that like that feels like it could be cool and could be something and then he's like driving home like an hour later and he's like what about and he said these two things and i was like that's it and <laughs> and it's just and so like then you get this you start to live with this new idea and framework and kind of like okay what could we do in there and like the other day i guess I shouldn't say this because no, no one's done it yet and i don't want to give it away um <laughs> but like there's just i think there's um I don't know. I mean, Spencer's, he's said a lot, you know, he's been asked, um, you know, from different people, just some questions about the record and just that idea that uh, it, it's, it gets, I think it taps into a new space where like the only creative part isn't just the song, the entire thing is creative. And so like, what do I want to say? In what way do I want to say it? And how, how is this whole thing you know, not just like these individual songs, but like this thing that lives together. And I think that's, I don't know, it's just inspiring and exciting. Do you get the feeling because look, as an outsider, I see what you guys are doing. It seems really, I'm sure it's a lot of work and it's a lot of stress, but it seems really fun because you're playing the game on your own terms. It seems to be working. The numbers are comparable to new label signings, like we said earlier, and you have complete creative expression. Do you think that there are other artists out there on labels or wherever else that are just incredibly envious of the situation that you guys are in? Or is it as fun as it seems like it is from the outside? Uh, yes and yes. And the only reason I can say that is because I have friends who are telling me who are in label deals like, dude, I love the album. I could never do that because there's so many cooks in their kitchen and although Jeff and I, you know, let's stick with this analogy. Although Jeff and I have a lot more responsibilities and our fryers are going off and the microwave's beeping and people are like, we got fries on table six and we're freaking out. We also get to control what comes out when. And so that's so fun. And, and I, to answer your second question, 
yes. Like this last year was the most fun making music I've ever had in my life. Like I just felt so free when I first moved to town. I think, I think something important for me that I learned was to unlearn, like just because it's been done a certain way for a while means nothing. And I think people are primed and ready, especially with the internet, especially with everything that went that happened this year, especially with TikTok, especially with Spotify. They're primed and ready for new ways to experience music, for new types of music, for new stories, for new artists, for new ways to produce, for for new ways to put things out like the four EPs into an album. And so I just feel again so inspired and and the word fun is is real. I think we have so much fun. My, I basically found my mantra, my like life's mantra this last year through this process, which is just very simply create things I love with people I love. If I can do that, I'll be happy. The numbers are arbitrary. The, you know, all that stuff comes and goes. It's life. But if at, on my deathbed, I have a good 50 to 70 years of making things I love with people I love doing it with, that's a life well lived and I, I'll, I'll be super happy. How good is that? Jeff Cherry, Spencer Crandall. What's been unsaid? Have we left anything out? No stones unturned over here, Jeffrey. Um, Ice man? No, I mean. Spencer, tell me about this um, Dragon Ball Z obsession. Have you always been to Dragon Ball Z? Yeah, I have an older brother and a younger brother uh, and honestly a little sister. We all like... Uh, we're kind of nerdy in a lot of ways. We, you know, I, I played football and I was a captain of the football team and I'd come home and I'd be playing Pokemon. So um, that's kind of always been my story is like watching Dragon Ball Z, watching anime, um, Pokemon and all that stuff. So I, I just have a, honestly, it's a love of storytelling. Like if you really break it down, it's like these really well told, told stories and super dramatic. And I, I loved the video games and stuff. So I have a. Do you ever play um, Beyblades? Do you ever have those things? Oh yeah, dude. We used to um, rip Beyblades at each other's hands, which sounds ah. terrible. So we'd play like a game of football or something, and like the punishment would be a Beyblade to your knuckles. Which, like, I have friends who have scars as adults from our Beyblade adventures. So do not recommend that. Please don't sue me if you try. I'm telling you not to do it. But yes, I, I play Beyblades to the point where I bled. Wow. I was I had Beyblades. I was a big Magic the Gathering guy. Yep. I always played Magic. Dude, Do you magic ever play he Hero Clicks? I would play Hero Clicks also. I actually ever... don't know what that one is. Mm -mm. You would have these little figurines on a board, and they would have a wheel on the bottom that you would click, and you would roll dice on a board and play, and each time you got hit, you would click, and they would lose powers, and eventually it'd say oh, KO, cool. and, if, and if the player died... You know, you take it off the board, you lose the piece, try to knock everyone's pieces off, and you'd be like Superman, Spider-Man, all these. Nice. Super That's nerdy. Nice. I, yeah. I didn't get any girls playing Hero Clicks, but, um, <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. I mean, last night as a family, we were playing like Settlers of Catan. And I, oh, I, was, I love Catan. Huge Lord of the Rings fan, and I'm all, I'm all into that stuff. I'm breaking all the stereotypes for the, for the country lead male. How good is that? Jeff, when you're not playing RS Manager, you, you're, you're a CEO of, um, of Happily, right? Yes. Yes, sir. How long have you been over there? Uh, just over five years. October of 2015. What happened? Because you guys just like did a whole rebrand, right? Like it was Datebox for yep, a minute, so and then now it's, now it's Happily. 
what, what is yeah. happening over here? Um, well, vape box was very limiting. Uh, you know, like it started with a it's at home box subscription date night delivered to your front door. And, but we wanted to move beyond just that. So, um, you know, if we started selling products that weren't in a box, we felt like date box might not make sense. So we broadened the brand to happily, like happily ever after for your relationship. And then date box is still a product underneath that umbrella, um, that we offer, but we're doing, you know, like we're creating like virtual date nights. There's been a lot of, um, you know, like vineyards and stuff that can't do wine tastings right now. So we've been partnering with them to like make a video based wine tasting. And then our couples can attend that wine tasting, you know, via video and still have date night from home and do stuff, do stuff that they can't get out and do because of, you know, the year that it's been. And um, yeah, I mean, ultimately just trying to help relationships have fun, stay together and, you know, learn more about each other, be intentional. And so any, any things that we can do, whether it's a product or a service that, facilitates healthy relationships like that's that's at the heart of the company you're, you're kind of a big deal at this company right like you and ashton it's like the two of you guys are just like absolute no, like not not anymore ashton was a part early on um my buddy brett uh Kolomajic is the ceo he's the founder I and this wrong. I mean, we, yes i mean it's all right you know you were you were you're batting a thousand on your research up until <laughs> just a little name until changed, that, that moment <laughs> we'll fix it it's all right um, we'll fix it in post. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I mean, my buddy Brett, like we, we coached, uh, baseball teams in college together. And I, like, I tell people when they ask me, like, you have two jobs. I always tell them like, no, I have one job. I manage a, 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 an entrepreneur CEO and I manage, I mean, Spencer is a CEO of a music business. Like it's no different. They both, they both picture big, big, big vision people and like always in the future. And my job is like on time, on budget, next step, how do we make it happen? So I see them as the exact same thing. It's just, a you know, one is around couples and delivering date night to their house. The other is country music. And, but the, the systems, you know, and the way to get there, there's a lot of similarities, at least from my perspective, it makes sense to me. <laughs> I bet you're a good guy at date. I don't know if you're single or not, but I bet you, you've, you've got unlimited you know, resources. To... Zach, you need to you need to spread that word around a little bit more because that's not the mantra of my life. It just doesn't <laughs> hasn't worked out for me yet. Look, if you're listening to this and you are single, hit up Jeff Cherry on Instagram. Jeff Cherry, he's got romantic date spots. He likes to travel. Yes, he does. He's, all, he's a world traveler. He's managing one of the hottest rising country stars in Nashville. Jeff Cherry. I mean, this is got a, a dog, no got a golden retriever named Hank. Dog. I mean, Jesus. I mean, this is, ladies, this is a no, no brainer. Break. If you're listening to this, by the way, we're all, look at this. We're all wearing hats and sweatshirts. Yeah. We all got the same facts from corporate. Are you single Spencer? Who are you seeing? I am single. Yeah. Single as a Pringle. How is this and... possible? These are two of the most <laughs> attractive guys in music city. Stop. Stop, Stop please. You commit to making a project like wilderness you don't have a lot of time for other things I, I told jeff that the other day i was like dude could you imagine if we had wives and kids like wilderness just straight up doesn't happen and and that's not a knock on anybody that does i just think we're very grateful that we're in the position that we're in and i think that's something that you know speaking of dreams like i want to play a stadium but i also don't want to do it alone um 
I want to have friends and family and perhaps a, a spouse and some kids and stuff to do it with. So it goes back to make things you love with people you love. And if somebody comes along and can run at the same speed and, and adds value in my life, and I feel like there's somebody I want to grow with and challenge with and all that stuff, then that's great. Until then, onward and upward, control what you can control. Guys, thanks for coming on together, nonetheless. This is our this- first, Jeffrey. How do you feel? It was great. Enjoyable. I would do it again. That's always a good sign, you know? Wonderful. He would do it again. I'm honored. I'm honored that I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, this is like a, it's like a relic here. This is a memento Zip. of the first um, Spencer Crandall, Jeff Cherry interview. Listen to this record. If you're listening to this wilderness, it's out now on all the streaming services. I recommend you put this on, on a long drive and you listen to the whole thing all the way through because this is this is an album that you have to listen to start to finish. It's very satisfying. It's easy to listen to. You get it immediately. There's some cameos we didn't even talk about. We've got a great Julia Cole appearance on on this record. This is a this is a fun record that sounds very expensive. It sounds like there's a big team behind this record. Everything you do seems very expensive. And and you guys are hustling at the two of you. It's admirable. It, it is um, completely the opposite. And that is the <laughs> biggest compliment you could ever give us. <laughs> That's the, well, I think knowing you, I'm assuming it's the opposite, but you, it sounds expensive and it Perfect. sounds well done. It sounds like there's a team behind you guys. It looks like there is. The numbers don't lie. The Spencer Crandall business. This is, this is a good place to be. This is a good place to be. Well, we thank like you. It. Appreciate you, man. The only thing that's missing is some ladies, some girlfriends. <laughs> Guys. We'll see how it shakes out. <laughs> stay well out there. I can't wait to see you at a show or something. Yeah, I know, and, um, and, and this was really fun. Thank, thanks for taking the time. Of course. Thank you Absolutely. so much for having us, man. We'll have to hang when the world is in, in shambles and stuff. We'll have to do it. We'll have to do it. <laughs> stay well out there, guys. Talk to you soon. All right. Thanks. See you, see you. There you have it, episode 42, Spencer Crandall and Jeff Cherry. Thanks for coming on the show, and thanks for tuning in. Really appreciate you guys. The album Wilderness is out now by Spencer Crandall. Check this thing out wherever you listen to music. And by the way, get involved with Spencer on social media, Instagram, TikTok. He's everywhere you need him to be. Spencer Crandall, check him out, get involved, and become a fan now. Say you were a fan in the early days. You know, that that's what it's all about. The Zach Kuhn Show is mixed by Sam Heyman, and our theme music is by Justin Johnson. If you want more content from me, you can subscribe to my newsletter at nashvillebriefing.com, where you can follow us on socials, everything at Nashville Briefing. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Bye.